Hello and welcome everyone to Trojans Live. We are on ESPN LA 710 tonight. Tune in and we're right here live on Twitter at USC underscore athletics. Welcome to all audiences. It is a bounce back week for the Trojans. No time to waste with a showdown in Texas looming on Saturday. We'll talk about it with the head coach Clay Helton in just a moment. Captain Porter Gustin will be here. LA Chargers rookie linebacker Uchenna Nawosu will call on the show. Plus we have an Olympian coming up. USC national champion swimmer Louise Hansen will join the broadcast later on. I am Jordan Moore alongside John Jackson. JJ, uh, you know, not a fun one on Saturday. What happened uh, in, in your estimation? Well, I think that when you you know look at things statistically and, and you look at stats and everything and start you know pointing these things out, whether it be first downs, total yards, third down conversion, penalties, all those things that really matter or sort of determine a the game, they're all even. Yeah, uh, and, and, and actually, the Trojans won in three out of those four yeah. categories. The thing is, they didn't win on the scoreboard. So it, it obviously is, uh, you know, I mean, this team is, you know, has been in this situation before. They'll bounce back just fine. It's just sort of frustrating to realize how well you played in that game and just could not come out with the win. Yeah, turnovers, field position. We'll talk about all those kind of things here with Coach. We're counting down to kickoff with Mito. Swiss watches since 1918. The official timekeeper of USC Athletics. Be the first to own the Fight On limited edition timepiece. True Trojan fans, visit shopmito.com slash USC. That's shopmito, M-I-D-O dot com slash USC. All right, we bring in the coach now sitting at one and one on the seasons. We just talked about, obviously, the offense never fired. Yesterday, you, you watched the film with the team. You guys called, you know, Tell the Truth Mondays. The mm-hmm. film never lies. So what did, it, what did it tell you? Well, we walked into Stanford saying, we got to play great team football because um, Stanford doesn't stub its toe. And yeah. it won't, it, you know, it doesn't make mistakes. And, you know, I, I look at that game, and it does. It makes you sick because you're sitting there going, okay, if you would have told me defense was only going to give up 17 points with those weapons, hold them to four of 13 on third downs, they were going to get off the field. Stanford was only going to have 57 plays. I would check. Our coverage units, I thought, were phenomenal. Yeah. You know, kick, cover, punt was unbelievable. We were pinning them deep. We were making them go the long way. They were doing the same to us. You know, our yeah. average starting position was minus 22. So we had to go. We never got a turnover. You know, it came two inches away from two block punts. We never flipped the field. So we had to go the long way. Yeah, you never started past the 35. Yeah. yeah. And so we had to go the long way. And you see drives of 10, 13, 9, 8, 7. And you're moving on the plus side of the territory, five out of six drives. And we just never punched it in. And that's and that was the key. They, they scored on two drives, and we didn't. Um, and that's the name of the game. You know, the thing that we pointed out early in the broadcast, which was getting us excited in the booth at least, is that the USC offensive line against Stanford's defensive line, that's usually where games are won or lost when this game is played. And there was such a surge from your offensive line in terms of getting push and opening gaps, you know, it seems. Um, is that – do you take that away as a coach and say, look, guys, and show that positive stuff to the kids and say, look, this is where, who we are. This happened on the film. It might not have felt that way in the stadium, but when you turn on the film, that's what you see. Now, when you look up and and you're controlling the line of scrimmage, and I did, I I showed the running game specifically because I thought our combination blocks were moving people off the ball and creating running lanes for good running backs. And, um, you know, I did show that to them. Uh, I did think that our offensive line, you know, stepped up to the challenge in the run game. I thought the runners ran well. You know, at at the end of the day, you know, we just, we've got to do a better job of just being able to hook up outside on some on some explosive on some explosive plays and you know that that's going to happen it, that that chemistry is going to come about we're going to get better each and every game i thought tyler vaughns and michael Pittman really stepped up their game from game 1 to game 2 um and, and we'll get better with each game um we just got to be able to punch it in 
Yeah, I want to talk about those explosive plays because that's really you know how you can avoid trying to drive 9, mm-hmm. 10, 11 plays mm-hmm. in that situation. By my count, you had three of 20-plus. They all mm-hmm. came in the second half, and two of them came very late. When you looked at the film, did you see that they were, they were out there to be made, mm-hmm. or was Stanford's focus on taking those away from you and, 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 and you need to do something different you, to generate them? You know, usually, they, usually they make you go the long way, and they, they play deep as the deepest, and they make you take, the, like you saw, the easy hitches, the, yeah. the, you know, the easy snap routes, and, and, and JT was doing a nice job of, of taking those. Um, you know, we did get, uh, we, we had a double move. Uh, lined up, and we just we we looked we looked one way, and the other guy was wide open. On Tyler Vaughn's was wide open on the other side. So, the you know those those things happen, and and uh, the good news is I really think that JT competed extremely well. Um, I saw him grow as the game the game went on, um, and I think he's going to take that experience. Uh, there's going to be good ones, and there's going to be ones that I know he wish he could have back. But he's going to take those experiences and grow and get better with each one. You know, I like you have seen JT for pretty much his entire high school career, even though it's a short, short high school career. And when he's in high school, he, there's obviously a lot of swagger, a lot of confidence. And then I know as a coach, you're sort of anticipating, okay, what happened when adversity kicks in? Because when he was in modern day, there was no adversity. It was just, it was just all, you know, full, you know, full speed ahead. Um, when you looked into his eyes Saturday mm-hmm. and things weren't necessarily going the way you wanted to, what did you see in his eyes? Uh, he, he competed all the way down to the last, I mean, to the last throw. You know, he made some spectacular throws on that one drive. Uh, I know he wishes he had the, the corner route. Amon Ra did a yeah. hell of a job yeah. beating the safety, and I know he wishes he would have put that out there, and he will. He, you know, he will. Um, he, but he never stopped competing. I never saw a look of fear, a look of uh, hesitation. He just kept on trying to make plays, and, and that's what good quarterbacks do. It's our job as coaches and, and uh, to be able to help him diagnose coverages and be able to see, oh, my gosh, it started in too high and it went to one robber, and that Robert's going to try to pick that that in route out, you know. So those are things that that he'll learn from, and and we're going to teach him. Brian Ellis and T are working day and night, uh, you know, to to help him grow, and, and he will. And he takes it hard. I mean, I oh. listen to him after the game. I mean, he he puts it on himself, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, age is an excuse. Mm-hmm. If coach makes me the starter, mm-hmm. I need to make the plays. So, I mean, are your conversations with him sort of about, yeah. you know, lifting him up and mm-hmm. and 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 trying to you know get him you know focused toward towards the next game uh, mm-hmm. because he definitely is not sitting there going, oh well, you know, I'm just a freshman. You can't expect any more uh-huh. out of me. And he brought a very businesslike attitude to practice today. Was very decisive with his throws. And um, he's and how's he feeling, by the way? He's feeling great. You, you know, we. We got the um, x-rays, you know, that's why he was out in that series yeah. in the game, was just to make sure that it, it there was nothing structurally wrong. We MRI'd it on Sunday to make sure there was no ligaments or anything, any damage. Just a good bruised hand. And I, I can't tell you, I've had a couple of those. When you yeah. bang them off a helmet, it hurts like hell. <laughs> and um, um, it, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, each day gets a little better. But today I thought he was extremely effective, looked decisive, and the ball was coming out of his hands nice. Yo, what if- one thing that definitely went well is the defense played well. I mean, you know, outside of the one drive, of course, Bryce Love gets one explosive play. You sort of chalk that up to Stanford and, you know, him being a Heisman Trophy candidate. You know, you know that's going to happen. 
But you have to be pleased with the defense, mm-hmm. and, the, and at least in week two, they're living up to the billing because we thought yeah. that was going to be the strength this year. Yeah, I, you know, they, we talked about early in the season that the defense would carry us. You know, they, they would um, be the rock uh, of our team, and um, they're living up to that fold. I, and I was so proud of, you know, when we lost Isaiah Polamalu early in that game, and, and credit him, he was what a great game he had in game one. He was playing unbelievably in game two, um, and then goes down with a shoulder. C.J. Pollard and Talanoa Funger come right in and do their job, and um, I, and, and credit to them because they were the newcomers. You know, they, they were the guys that might have got picked on and did it. Yep. You know, they did their job. All right. Trojan fans, here's a deal for you. Right now, when you buy four select Cooper tires from a participating dealer, you'll score a voucher good for four free tickets to a select Trojan football game during Cooper's annual Buy Four and Score event. Visit coopertire.com to find a dealer near you. Well, it's on to Texas. The Trojans take on the Longhorns at 5 o'clock Pacific time on Saturday. That game will be on Fox and right here on ESPN LA 710. So we'll talk about the Longhorns and the Trojans hooking up back-to-back seasons coming up next on Trojans Live. All right, welcome back to Trojans Live. Jordan Moore, John Jackson, and the head coach, Clay Helton. Trojan fans, the Eckrich Million Dollar Challenge is back. If you want to take the field and throw for $1 million when the Trojans host Notre Dame on November 24, visit EckrichFootball.com for your chance to win. Eckrich, the official smoked sausage and deli meat of the USC Trojans. Coach, uh, a, fam- a familiar opponent in that you saw them last season coming up, and boy, that was one he- heck of a game at the Coliseum. Uh, you won 27-24 in double overtime last year. <clears throat> what did you learn about Texas? The personnel changes a little bit, but what did you learn about Texas from that game that carries over into this year? Um, well, one thing, you know, I got a lot of respect for the defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando. Yeah. I, you know, the amount of zone pressures that he brings and how he changes it up from game to game is uh, is – something special uh, because he keeps you off balance it's it's one of those games that you're going to walk into knowing okay what what you think you're getting is not what you're going to get and you're going to have to be able to identify and make adjustments within game and uh coach orlando does a great job of that so i know that going into the game because early early in that game last we were struggling early and had to make some adjustments um uh you know offensively uh, I see in a, a quarterback that just from a – I can't tell you what a year of experience does for a quarterback. Here's Sam Ellinger yeah. and his true freshman. He was a kid. He was a kid last year. Now he's a 230-pound grown man yeah. that's had a lot of reps, and you can see those reps just come into life and the maturity come into life in him. I think Coach Herman's done a great job with him. Um, one, he's using him in the run game. He's, he's averaging 40 yards a game with his legs. So now you got to now you got to defend both a good runner and Trey Watson and, you know, know and a uh, runner in the quarterback but outside uh, what what they're doing with you know what they're doing with Colin Johnson and Jordan Humphrey um, they're hitting their deep balls and you know four half of their points right now are because of those explosive deep ball plays setting them up and um, they're the reason they they won the game at Tulsa really the reason that they were in, stayed in the game with Maryland yeah. is they were is the explosives outside and Sam's done a good job of, of being deadly accurate on the outside. Yeah, I did want to follow up on Todd Orlando because I, I remember from the all the draft stuff that everyone said if you look at Sam Darnold's tape, Baker Mayfield's tape, and Mason Rudolph's tape, three of the mm-hmm. top quarterbacks last year, they all played mm-hmm. one of their worst games against Texas, and yeah. I was wondering what that theme is, mm-hmm. even against those veteran quarterbacks, that they yeah. were 
pre- presented with some unique problems with Texas. Yeah, you, you know, usually you walk into a game as a quarterback and as an offensive staff, and you walk in there and you, you know what you're getting. You see the tendencies of here comes safety rotation, here comes pressure, here comes cover three. Well, you may get that same that same pressure. But Todd will change up the coverage next week and void a zone, and you're like, "Why in the world are they doing that?" But it's it's really to fool the quarterback, you know, and, and to make him make poor decisions. Um, and he brings it from everywhere. Uh, credit to him, very aggressive play caller. Um, trusts his kids to make plays, and and they did against us last year yeah. as well as several people. When it comes to styles and conferences, I mean, the, the Pac-12 is more a wide open style, mm-hmm. and of course now you're in the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. so you know styles change. How much does that change, you know, thought process from a coaching standpoint in terms of game planning? I mean, is it, is it one of those things that you have to take into account the style that they play and sort of readjust your thinking maybe? Yeah, you know, if you remember last year, this was a 90-play game for our defense. And, and our defense played really well up until the fourth quarter, and then we got gassed. <laughs> we got gassed and, and got some late scores. Um, you know, they are a no-huddle offense. Um, they can go fast if they want They want to go fast. It reminds us a lot of our league, uh, Texas does. Um, they are going to want to run mostly 11 personnel, three wides and a tight and, and a tailback. Um, they're going to do a lot of the zone read uh, opportunities for the quarterback. Um, and they're going to have the wrinkles uh, of the perimeter game as well as the deep ball game. So it, it's it's a game that that is more similar to our conference um, as far as the, the spread teams. The crowd noise will put so much pressure on your offensive mm-hmm. line. Where are they through two games? You talked about some of the strengths in the yeah. run game against Stanford. There were some sacks given up, sort mm-hmm. of the opposite against mm-hmm. UNLV, where they were very strong in the mm-hmm. past game, but but took them a while to establish the run game. Mm-hmm. Where, do, where do you feel like they are as a unit right now? Um, I think they're in a good place. You know, one, they're healthy, uh, which is a good thing. Yeah. You know, one, they're healthy, they're, they're deep. Um, Two, I, I think they're I think they're doing a really nice job in the run game um, as far as uh, from game one to game two. Um, we had a couple unique pressures that I thought got to us. We had two yeah. physical beats, um, and then and then two pressures with twist game that just that got our got our tackles. Um, you know, but overall, I'm pleased with where where they're at and how they're growing. I need that run game to continue. To be yeah. honest with you, and um, um, but they they had a great practice today. Uh, they look tied together uh, to me, and they're going to need to be going down to Austin. You know, the one thing you alluded to earlier is last year the Trojan defense got a little bit tired, mm-hmm. or the team actually mm-hmm. got a little bit tired. But mainly, I want to talk about defense. Clancy's rotations were a lot tighter last year. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of guys are getting opportunities to play. You know, you know, be a ton of guys played last week. Mm-hmm. You know, several guys played. Mm-hmm. Is he comfortable with that kind of rotation? Because I know that no. was a topic that uh, no. fans were looking forward yeah. to trying to solve. No, I, I think that uh, he's done a really nice job. Even even in last week's game, if you watched the packages that he rolled in there, you saw so many big people going in. I mean, whether it was Peely or Marlin, um, you know, even Liam, Liam Jemmons yep. was in. Um, he, Christian Rector, he, you know, he rolled in so many different packages, playing so many big men. It, it was only a 57-play game, you know, so we did stay fresh. Now we're going to 80-90 play game. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot more like UNLV, where we're, I think we're going to have to roll in waves um, to to be able to stay fresh. It is going to be 100,000 people. It's going to be a prime time game. They are foaming at the mouth, ready to go. If you read anything down there. Historically speaking, in your career, what's the antidote to d- 
diffusing a, a crowd in an atmosphere like that? Um, playing good functional football. You know, it's um, clean football. You know, it reminds you. I remember walking into Washington a couple of years ago yep. and the electricity of that crowd. That place and, was jumping. And it was jumping. And just we just did our job down after down after down after down. I think that's what you have to do, you know, is, is you have to be those drives that just take the heart uh, out of the crowd. Um, you know, uh, this is going to be a great game. It's a, it's a great game for both fan bases. It's the reason you play the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when you talk about USC Texas, it gives you the goosebumps right now <laughs> um, just to have that opportunity. So, um, uh, you know, I have not been in that stadium. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to being down there, being in that atmosphere. And uh, I know our kids are excited about it, too. You know, special teams didn't play much of a role last week, mainly because their kicker was kicking everything yeah. in the end zone, and there was a lot of fair catches and things of that nature. How do you get special teams to become more a part of the game for the Trojans? Because I know that yeah. you, you pride, and Coach John Baxter prides himself in that, yeah. you know, that being an advantage for USC. Well, I, I'm very proud of where they're at right now. If you look in the opening game, what, what they did, when they we call it get a pitch to hit. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you look at the punt return average in the first game; it was twenty one point three. You, you look at an explosive seventy three yard kickoff return by Stephen Carr. Where I was proud, we didn't get the pitch to hit, but look at the kickoff coverage team. Kickoff coverage team made him start at the minus sixteen yeah. and the minus seven. Yeah, you, you know, to be able to to be able to start and, and to pin him down there. Our punt team pinned him down on the five. And then, and then inside the 20 on the two sting punts. So yeah. we made, as far as establishing field position, I thought they did a great job. You just don't get the oohs and ahs of the return because <laughs> yeah. there's just not a pitch yeah. to hit. Yeah. They, yeah. they kept it away from the returners. I thought their punter was maybe one of the most valuable players oh. in that game. Yeah. We talk about field yeah. position was mm-hmm. so important, mm-hmm. and he really was uh, was big both in kickoffs mm-hmm. and in punts. Uh, last thing, uh, you're, you're very familiar with Texas and then mm-hmm. the storms that's, that come with it. Do you, do you prepare for <laughs> rain? And, and there's a chance of it. It seems yeah. I look at the forecast and it said every single day there's a yeah. chance of thunderstorms. So I think it's just yeah. the time of year. It's that time of year where you're going to get some thunder bumpers. It's gonna, it's probably <laughs> will rain and they're calling sixty percent chance. And and we worked it today. Uh, whether uh, it was wet balls, whether center quarterback exchange, we worked it in run mesh. Uh, we actually donated dedicated a period with our wideouts and quarterbacks soaking the balls, taking the gloves off, having to make those body catches. Oh you know man, no gloves. <laughs> yeah, no, having to make those body catches, having to keep the light grip on the ball as a quarterback. So we worked all three phases. We'll do it again tomorrow and Thursday and Friday. So each day they'll get uh, they'll get twenty minutes worth of work. Just wet ball, uh, just wet ball material. All right. On to more important story is Sam Darnold. Yeah. Let's talk about him last night. I mean, give us your experience of what you saw from him, especially early. Um, I, I tell you, I got to see the first pass right before <laughs> right before we went out to practice it, and uh, it, he tried to throw the, the wheel, on, uh, <laughs> the trick play wheel for a pick six, and, and as soon as he walked off and I saw that smirk, which I've seen a thousand <laughs> times, that smirk of, oh, you got me, but wait till I, wait, wait till I get back out there. We walked out to practice and I told the boys, I said, boys, know this. When we walk back in here, they're going to be in the lead, and he'll be on fire. Don't worry. <laughs> That's right. And so and we did. And we walked back in, had family dinner uh, <laughs> with, with our team, and got to watch the rest of it. And and uh, it was just Sam being Sam. So proud yeah. of him, yeah. what he's accomplishing. Just a great kid and and uh, really a, a great model of what a Trojan is. A heck of a debut. He's the toast of New York right now. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, we got a big one on Saturday, folks. Kickoff at 5 p.m. Pacific. Pre-game starts at 3 p.m. on ESPN LA 7. 10 with me, JJ and Sean, and the coach will lead his team into battle in Austin, Texas. So it should be a fun one to watch. We're going to talk to his 
Captain next. It's Port Augustine coming up on Trojans Live. Welcome back to Trojans Live. Jordan Moore and John Jackson. And this segment of Trojans Live is brought to you by Allstate. The Trojans are in good hands with Porter Gustin, senior captain, outside linebacker, ready to go this week. Again, Porter already two and a half tackles for loss this season. Uh, but, you know, it's your senior year, and it's all about wins and losses. And uh, it didn't happen on Saturday. What, what we just heard from Coach, what was your assessment? Um... You know, uh, I mean, there was a lot of positives in the game, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, um, but when it comes down to the defense, I mean, you know, we can we can only control what we can control. And one thing that we could have done better is get turnovers and, and, and help with the, you know, the field position. Um, like you were saying, the the punter, uh, he did a great job for Stanford on, on really getting it out there. But, uh, um, you know, there's there's definitely things to clean up. And, and um, you know, there's uh, some young guys on there that – as they as they continue to get more experience, I think it, that we're going to even gel more as a team, and then and then I think it'll be all uphill from there. All right, before I get to the football questions, I got to ask a personal question with you. Here and, we go. And, and, yeah, exactly. It's going to be good, <laughs> a good one too. In the summer, right? You, you get they they report, hey, you know, Porter's hurt, and everybody's oh man, the season's over. <laughs> it come, it ends up being a, a a partial tear in the meniscus. You know, at the end of the day, they say, hey, he's out four to six weeks. We might see him by the Texas game at best. And then you're running around in three weeks, right? Yep. My only question is, were you really hurt or did you just want attention? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was just trying to get out of camp, you know. <laughs> there you go. That's, see, that's a, a veteran that's move. That's a move right there. Yeah, they can't it's do a move. <laughs> no, but in all, in all seriousness, I mean, just to rehab from that, I mean, it's amazing because, you know, they're just that, that, that timetable is, is extremely quick. Um, what was your how, daily routine? Yeah, and how worried were you about it? Um, yeah, I was pretty worried about it. I mean, I, I knew I was going to be able to come back at it, at it, you know, relatively fast. But, you know, I was hoping to make the first game, and they were t- telling me that it's, uh, you know, potentially a possibility uh, depending on how I feel. And I didn't want to take anything too, too quickly and try to get out there and just, you know, make it worse or whatever. So, um, I, you know, I just did what they what they had me do. Uh as far as what I could do was limited, but uh, you know they, um, you know I did as much as they allowed me to, uh, and just listened to the trainers and did everything. Stayed in the training room, you know, lived there, um, iced, you know, all throughout the day. Um, was the first one in the training room in the morning and just got my stuff done and, and did everything I could and, um, you know, it paid off for me. Yeah, you know, amazing. And, you know, uh, yeah, I was feeling good. You know, it takes a little little time to warm up, but once it does, it it, it feels great. I mean, you. In a lot of ways, are a leadership by example kind of guy. Were, were your even your own teammates sort of blown away by the timetable that you uh, were able to, to come back? I mean, I, I was there the day at practice, the day you went down. There were a lot of glum faces. I'll be honest with yeah. you; it, it ruined the rest of practice for sure. Uh, there was a, a fear of something worse, and then even when the news came out, it was like, yeah, it's good news, but it didn't feel like great news. And then, sure enough, you know, you just sort of lifted everybody by a week later, basically looking like. Oh yeah, he's gonna be back. He's fine. Yeah, you know, a lot of guys on our team have have gone through that surgery, so you know, I was, I was able to kind of ask them about it and, and and get their you know opinion and and see you know what their experience was with it. So, um, you know, I got a lot of a lot of feedback from that, and they were pretty positive about it. So, you know, that that definitely helped uh, you know my mindset and and uh, you know our trainers are great. So I think they might have been a little bit surprised, but. Um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I wanted to play really badly, and I yeah. think they knew that, and and so you know, I was able to go. I was able to practice that whole week, and so I don't think they were surprised by the time game time hit. And 
because I had been practicing the whole, the whole week. Yeah. You know, expand a little bit more on this defense. I mean, you've been around the defenses in the past. Of course, this defense, seen from a fan and broadcaster's perspective, it looks deeper. You guys look faster. It's more athletic. I mean, you got. I mean, you guys like you and Cam are just have been amazing. Just continue to keep getting better. From your standpoint, how good can this defense be? Huh, yeah, um, you know, the sky's the limit. Uh, I think we have, you know, a great unit, and uh, we got a lot of, you know, young guys that haven't been out there a lot and have showed, you know, major strides just at, just at this, you know, a little part of the season. Um, and I think they're going to continue to get better, and where they are right now um, already is, is great, and it's, you know, very helpful. And um, I think... You know, as the season goes on, we're all going to get better. Uh, you know, the little mistakes that we did have, it was, it was totally on us, and that's something that we can fix and, and you know, watch the film and correct it, and, and it's just it's just little things. So, um, and, you know, as, as we continue to, you know, clean that up and, and fix the little things, then, um, you know, like I said, the sky's the limit. Who are the vocal leaders on this team, Porter? Because you did lose a lot in terms of vocal leadership. Chris Hawkins was a, a guy that, you know, was really good at that. Uchenna, um, you know, see, you know, new season – New leadership and, and and obviously you know the the defense has three captains and a lot of the issues were on offense on Saturday Saturday but just in the locker room right now who's you know, who's leading the way? Um, you know in the locker room I mean there's a lot I mean there's a lot of guys talking and and you know figuring things out and I don't I think there's a lot of you know positive vibes in there and there's not hasn't really come down to the point where you know maybe one guy's got to stand up and try to you know try to you know get everybody going yeah. but as far as you know from the field standpoint i mean obviously cam smith the the uh the mike backer and the one you know always relaying in the calls and making the calls and whatnot and he's always been very vocal and and very good at that but uh um you know on the field we're always talking with each other you know you see some on the field you want to relay that and tell the other end and you know i'm talking to jordan and rector and we're figuring things out you know together as a unit and i'm telling the younger guys you know what i saw and, and what's different from what we saw in practice as they go in so you know, there's a lot of talk going on, um, but yeah. You, I mean, you've been around these teams, and every year there's always a point of adversity. You know, a loss that everybody thinks is the end of the world, right? The world is ending. Yeah. And it's all, and you've seen this. It's all about reaction of how the team reacts. Um, and some teams are different, right? The makeup of the team sort of changes year by year. What What is the reaction of this team in terms of their reaction to, you know, an adverse situation? And you know, what can the Trojan fans expect to see on Saturday? Um. Yeah. You never. You never want to lose. Um. You know. Always hoping to. You know. Go undefeated throughout the season, yeah. and that's really our goal. And and that's something that. You know, we have the ability to do. So it's disappointing when we do lose. But, um, with this loss specifically, I think. I think that you know a lot of guys. Uh, I mean, we're as a team, we're 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 more positive about it. Um, I think. You know, it, like I said, it's never good to lose, but losing this early in the season, um, you know, against a top 10 team yeah. and a team that, you know, we, there's a good chance we see them again. So, you know, we'll have another chance at them, hopefully. And, uh, um, you know, adding all those up, losing this early in the season, we got a, you know, it's a long season. It's a long ways to go. And we have a lot of, uh, you know, things that we can prove and, and do along the way. And, you know, you see a lot of teams that lose one game and still make it all the way. So yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's not, the, it's not the end of the world here. Well, nothing will wash that bad taste away quite That's like right. a win over Texas this weekend in Austin. Again, 5 o'clock kick on Fox and right here on ESPN LA 710. Porter Gustin looking forward to watching him get after Sam Ellinger and the Texas Longhorns. Forget two points for safety, trapped at 20%. 
With the Allstate Distinguished Driver Discount, safe drivers can instantly save up to 20% on car insurance just for having a clean driving record. That's on top of other discounts. Call one of 410 Los Angeles area Allstate agents today. Thank you, Porter. When we come back, we're going to switch gears a little bit, head to the pool. Louise Hansen is next on Trojans Live. Welcome back to Trojans Live. We're talking swimming right now, but Trojan fans get one free admission to the Ralph's Ultimate Tailgate Experience. Select USC football home games this fall when you purchase $35 of participating items at Ralph's. Look for the signs and tags in store. Every $35 you spend gets you one admission. All right, Jordan Moore, John Jackson, joined now by an Olympian, Louise Hansen, 2016 Olympian Rio. That was before we even knew you. You weren't even here. You were just a kid back then. <laughs> what was it like? Uh, what was it like wow, going, to the, feel old. <laughs> going to the Olympics <laughs> at such a young age? I mean, were you just sort of wide-eyed and taking it all in? Uh, I had a pretty big chance of qualifying 2012, and I just missed. Wow. So that was so you my were 15 back then. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the four years leading up to 16, like my goal was making the team. So it was just a dream come true when I got selected. Okay. So you're from Sweden, and of course you end up at USC. Give us the path of how you <laughs> ended up here. So I actually knew two swimmers on the team, both from Sweden, Henriette and Stina, and both of them swam with me on the national team, and we're talking about USC all the time and like trying to convince me, like <laughs> recruit me, wave. Okay. What <laughs> like other choices were you? What other choices were you? Where else would you be considering? Uh, I was considering ASU because uh, oh. I had another friend that <laughs> was swimming there. So it was Good. basically friends telling me about <laughs> schools, and Stina and Henriette was very convincing, <laughs> and who could say no to being in the sun all year round? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that the sales pitch to somebody from Sweden that, uh, you know, it's sun's up a little longer here? Although I guess there's a certain time of the year where the sun's not up as long, but uh, year-round the sun is up, which has got to be nice. Yeah, definitely. The weather is <laughs> not nearly as good in Sweden <laughs> as it is here. Okay, so talk to me about your history here at USC a little bit. If I've got it right, five-time All-American as a freshman. No, combined the two Combined, years. okay. So three and two. Yes. Okay, so five-time All-American – uh, two, three as a freshman, two as a sophomore. Correct? Or the other way around. Or the other no. way around. You're three. correct. I got oh, it right. I got right. It. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> right. Chalk up one for Jake. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was a coin you're, flip you're, situation. You're a five-time All-American. I mean, how? How? And how so young? <laughs> I mean, did you know that? I mean, you know, I mean, is there a formula to it, or is it just that you have just been blessed from, the, from a very young age? Uh, I fell in love with swimming. Like I've literally been swimming since I was one. My dad is a coach, and I like always been hanging out at the pools. Very young age, <laughs> started competing when I was nine, and I would say like when I was thirteen, I really like decided like okay, swimming is what I want to do. Like I did other sports up until that point, but yeah. But come on, it's a, now okay. So I guess I need to ask: How was your dad in terms of your swimming career? Was he just a grinder? I mean, for you to be so good at, at such a young age, that's amazing. No, like, my parents never, like, pushed me. Like, they just wanted me to have fun. And, like, my dad wanted me to know all the four strokes before I quit swimming because, like, that was, like, his thing. Like, I've been a swimmer. You need to, like, know how to do the four strokes. Uh, and, like, yeah, both me, my sister, my brother, and my dad like, just fell for the sport. Because <laughs> it's something in the family. Well, I guess that's easy. You just end up being that good. Well, wow. you mentioned you could do all the four strokes, but... You won the NCAA championship in the fly. The fly is always the most interesting one to me. It looks the hardest. It seems that it's almost rhythmic. What's the key to being good at it? Where where do you need to be strong? What is it technique? What is what makes a great uh, swimmer in that event? I would say that all four strokes is a lot of technique, like more than you think when yeah. you think about swimming. Uh, 
I would say breaststroke is the hardest stroke, really? which a lot of wow. people would consider the easiest one. So and I your guess your sister's a breaststroker. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Doing the complete opposite strokes. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's but what came what natural they, to me? Yeah. So fly just came naturally to you. Yeah. <laughs> now swimming being such never a, been natural I, to me. Well, I haven't been that good at swimming. No, so. I can do the free though. I mean, you know, we all know that sort of freestyle probably poorly. I think if she watched me, she'd be like, "That's I'm, not I'm correct." Ama- but ama- I think I can do it. I'm amazing, relaxing in jacuzzi. Yes, yeah, you're very good at that. Um, in, in terms of uh, USC and you know where this team is this year from a team standpoint, individually, obviously you're, you're great accolades, but from a team standpoint. Um, you know, where does this USC team fit as far as this year competing on a national basis? Uh, our team this year, like, this is my third year here, and this te- like year I feel like the team is actually really ready to go. We're all super excited for the season to start. We did not finish the last season the way we wanted to as a team, and we all re- really want to show that, like, that's not what we're about. Like, we're better than that, and, yeah, I think we have a great season ahead of us. JJ, here's a fun game. <laughs> Tell me if you could pronounce oh, gosh. Luis's club team. <laughs> I bolded it for you in text. This is great radio. Everyone can see it right, at home. So I don't have any excuse not to be able yeah, to see it? right there. Can you, can you pronounce that for us? Helsingborg's, Helsingborg's Simasalap Cap. <laughs> <laughs> how, how close was that? How was his Swedish? Helsingborg's Simasalap Oh, I was close. Oh, yeah. You were right there. <laughs> you were right there. <laughs> Well, your season starts on October 5th. The Trojan Invite right here on campus, the Atengzu Aquatic Center. And uh, they'll swim throughout the, throughout the winter and then expect Louise right there at the end, hopefully back on the podium. Thank you so much for joining us on Trojans Live. We come back. We're going to check in with an old friend, Uchenna Nwosu, the newest Los Angeles Charger, is next on Trojans Live. Welcome back to Trojans Live. Jordan Moore, John Jackson, and joined now on the phone by an old friend, second-round pick this year of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uchenna Nwosu, who, boy, what a unique situation and story. Uchenna gets to play ball in his own backyard, and it started this weekend, his first game in Carson for the Chargers. I know that it didn't go necessarily the way you wanted it to, Uchenna, but uh, how, how was it to suit up in your own hometown and, and for your first NFL game? You know, it felt great. <laughs> it felt amazing, you know, just to be able to play ball again in you know, the city I grew up in close to the, the, you know, the college I love, the school I went to, USC. So, you know, it was also a real moment. I was just happy to finally be out there. You know what, Jenna, JJ, congratulations. Um, you know, just amazing, amazing USC career and, of course, your NFL career just starting. What have you found to be the biggest difference um, in terms of the college game versus the pros, you know, outside of everybody being much better? I think that is the biggest difference, just – how more, you know, much more professional, you know, how professional everybody is and how much, you know, people, you know, you can tell the difference between guys who, you know, just are playing for something more, I guess you can say, you know, blacks who are married, have families, so, you know, they're going to grind a lot more harder, you know, so. And, you know, it's a big technique game. It's a big technique-based league. Like, everybody's good. Everybody's professional. They're all getting paid, you know, big money to compete. So you really got to be on top of your game technique-wise, really, really know what you're doing, you know, your playbook, you just – Attention to detail. You know, uh, when I was looking at 
lot of USC season previews going into the season. A popular question everyone kept asking themselves was, who will be this year's Uchenna Nwosu for USC? And, and what they meant by it was that guy that you know was always good, but then all of a sudden it came senior year time, and he just took his game to the next level. How were you able to improve and develop yourself at USC throughout your career so that you did peak at the end and, and, and ultimately get drafted in the second round? You know, I just worked hard, you know, just I, I made a routine that I stuck to, you know, during the week, you know, preparing for teams, you know, watching film, uh, going hard in practice. You know, if you practice hard in practice, then in the game it becomes a lot easier. So I took those things very seriously. Um, yeah, just very, like I said, attention to detail, um, listening to my coaches, gaining any bit of information I can just to make myself, you know, play faster on the field. That really ultimately helped me towards my success. You know, Jenna, one thing that you were always great at in terms of your USC career, especially last year, was your leadership and, you know, you're not necessarily doing it all vocal, but a lot of it by example as well. Um, you, of course, the Trojans have a setback this last week where, you know, they lose to Stanford. Um, in this type of situation, what was sort of key in your career to get USC Trojans through some of these adverse situations and especially onto a bigger game, which they have this week against Texas? You kind of were cutting out to that. Can you repeat that, please? Well, I was asking you, like, when you're in your career, the one thing that you did extremely well was being a leader, especially in your senior year here at USC. And my, the, the question is, is how, how did you, in the adverse situation such as the Trojans are in this week, losing to Stanford, sort of get your guys ready for the next week, um, you know, up and ready to play, you know, and put Stanford behind you and get ready for a tough team like Texas this week? You know, that's tough, you know, especially when you losing, you know, a game to a rival team that, that really kinda dawns on you for a little bit. But you know, you gotta you gotta treat every game like it's the next big game. So you just gotta again have that mindset going in that you're just ready just to pay attention to the next opponent. I know I I really don't know how to explain it really well, but you just have to next play mentality like I always used to call it, just you know, just fix the mistakes, go over your head what what had happened and just get ready for the next opponent. What does Clay Helton do well in those in those moments? Because as JJ said, in the last you know couple of years, uh, the program has been very good at responding to adversity. Mm-hmm. You know, coach just keeps everybody's heads up. You know, he's a very positive guy. I'm sure everybody knows that he knows how to you know talk to guys, get guys on the right path, get guys to believe in what he what he's saying, and knows how to keep guys you know head straight. And I feel like he does a good job of that and with a team with a very young team like this. You know that's very that's going to be very key just to keep everybody's you know spirits up, mentality up, and remind them that there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know you had a chance to last year to play for Clancy Pendergast, who was regarded as one of the best defensive coordinators you know in the conference as well as in the country. What did he do so well to get you guys on the same page? Because last year the one thing we talked about is the rotations were a lot shorter. You know, less guys played. Maybe thirteen guys would play in a game on the defensive side of the ball. This year they have the luxury of having more guys play. But what do you? What in your mind is was sort of the key to Clancy's defense in terms of getting you guys to play at such a high level? You know, Clancy likes to run a very aggressive style of defense, so. You know, just, you gotta you gotta have that mindset when you're playing for Coach Clancy. You just gotta have that aggressiveness. You gotta you know you gotta have that toughness. He likes that toughness. You know, he came from the NFL. He was playing in the Super Bowl, and the guys he had on that defense were just amazing. So, just to, you know, you have to you have to really think how Clancy thinks and how he thinks is a very very you know 
tough mindset. You know, you got to be able to play when you're playing for Clancy. Well, as you said, Uchenna, the fun part about having you right down the street from your old schools, we could see at the Coliseum you were there uh, for the first. Was it weird watching your teammates at, at the UNLV game and just sort of standing on the sidelines? Yeah, I was out there, you know, cheering the guys on, you know, trying to give them as much <laughs> as I can. <laughs> it was cool to be out there. Hey, Chenna, I just want to let you know, but I'm available for dinner um, whenever you feel like buying. Oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> we all can <laughs> Don't tell me you don't have the money. <laughs> Chargers, talking to you, buddy. Chargers are in Buffalo. Hey, good draw getting Buffalo in September and not in December. This is a, this will be a nice little trip to Buffalo. Uh, it'll be a lot worse if you travel there later on this season. But Chargers need to get on the on the board with a win this weekend. Thank you, Uchenna. And, hey, if you guys want to talk Trojan football, the next Monday morning quarterback is Monday, October 1. You get to talk to the head coach, Clay Helton, plus J.J., Chip Stewart, John Robinson, and the crew. It's all at the Galen Founders Room starting at 11.15 a.m. For more information or to sign up online, go to usc.edu slash Trojans. J.J.'s scouting report of Texas is next on Trojans Live. Now it's time for J.J.'s scouting report brought to you by The Lab. Catch all your USC Trojans action and happy hour specials at The Lab right here at USC. Panic! <laughs> panic has set in a little bit, J.J. Early. Week two panic. <laughs> uh, but that's the truth of it. I mean, nobody's... Uh, on the social USC social channels more than me, and uh, USC Twitter is uh, in full panic mode. How much is warranted? Um, how much is uh, expectations being too high? How much can be fixed? So, you know, what's what, where should the panic meter be? Well, I think that there's obviously concern, and I think that in a, the reason for the concern is the fact you only scored three points. I mean, that's sort of the thing. Now, the yeah. the question is, how good is Stanford's defense, um, and how much is it the FCI, How much can the USC offense straighten out the following week? Trojan fans and these Trojan even players aren't used to not scoring points. I mean, that's the one thing that this team scored you know, 40 points last year. I mean, it was you know just amazing. So the one thing they have not had was an adverse situation as far as scoring points. That's where the panic sets in. Um, but I think that it's a different team. It's a different mold of team. And, yeah, I think it's uh, it's not time to jump off the cliff yet. Yeah, I mean, we've been here before. Uh, we've seen early season losses and the teams come back to have great seasons. But it's different. You have an 18-year-old quarterback. The last time USC had a quarterback like this, they went 8-4. and four, And that was with the, you know, Pete Carroll had been in the program for nine years at that point or whatever it was. So it's not easy. There aren't a lot of teams that go into Stanford and into Texas in September with 18-year-old quarterbacks and do great offensive things. So how can they survive this period as JT grows? How can they make life easier on JT so that, you know, they're giving themselves a chance to win a game? Obviously, three points is no chance. Right. The first thing is, is that the Trojans, I think everybody else has to understand, it's not JT that is necessarily the problem. It's the continuity on the offense that's the problem. So, you know, JT is not necessarily throwing games away or costing the Trojans games, but the newness of a new quarterback, you know, the change of offensive line, the continuity of the receivers, some of those things that were taken for granted, even the combination you see between him and Amon-Ra, that continuity is not that quite there with the other receivers. And right. that's sort of part of the problem. With Sam Darnold, he had a security blanket in Deontay Burnett, and you yeah. saw as the season went on, he sort of grew with Tyler and, 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 and Pittman as well in terms of you know, how they were able to connect on passes. That's what this team is going to take. The problem is they haven't played together long enough. 
Well, you know, Texas is finding itself too. So this is not yep. uh, a game as much like the Stanford game where I mean, we went into the Stanford game and said, look at all these pieces on offense. Stanford knows exactly who it is on offense. We had some questions about their defense, uh, but ultimately it was sort of USC's lack of offensive identity, I think, that di- dictated that. Texas is in kind of a similar spot. Listen, they, they lost to a Maryland team, which I don't think is very good, uh, and then they won- came home and they only beat Tulsa by seven. So right. this is not Vince Young. Uh so what do you look at on Saturday for me? It's who scores early and who protects the football because it feels like such a momentum game. One side's going to get it going, and then the doubt will creep in on the other side. And the question is, who's that going to be? Yeah, no question about it. Whoever gets off to the fastest start obviously is yeah. going to have the inside track. Because that Texas, place will be jumping and, if it's Texas. Exactly. And Texas, of course, being at home, if it happens yeah. to be them, it It'll could be. It'll feel like an avalanche. Yeah, but, th- but that's why the Trojans have to get off to a fast start on Saturday. All right. Kickoff at 5 p.m. Pre-game at 3 p.m. That's Those are Pacific Time. Fox, ESPN LA, 710, USC, Texas. JJ and I back to wrap up Trojans Live next. Back to wrap up Trojans Live. We're getting you set for USC and Texas. As we said, it's going to be a hostile atmosphere, 100,000 people at DKR Stadium. Uh, what's the toughest place you've played in your college career? Oh, my gosh. It has to be It had to be Notre Dame. They're right on top of you, and they do not stop screaming. Notre Dame was the toughest place I've ever played. Such a great example, too. If you look at the Notre Dame game last year, the Trojans get a three and out to start the game. They get the ball at midfield, and then they turn it over. Notre Dame scores, and you get that avalanche effect. Yep. And that's exactly what USC needs to avoid on Saturday. As Coach said, the antidote is playing clean football and – just staying settled and composed, let the other team make the mistakes, and hang around long enough that the pressure then flips on the home side. Maybe the crowd will turn on them. Trojans Live is a production of USC Sports Properties. The producer is Rick Culler. Engineer is Ben Conroy. Production assistance by Katie Ryan. I'd like to thank our guest, the head coach, Clay Helton, Uchenna Duosu, Porter Augustin, Louise Hansen. All join the show tonight. Follow us right here all year long, twitter.com slash USC underscore athletics and ESPN LA 710. For John Jackson, I am Jordan Moore. Fight on. Beat the horns.